Welcome back. Glad you're with us. John Morris from Houston, Garrett Ross in the studio. And we're joined from, I'm going to guess, Tulsa or thereabouts by John Hoover of SI Sooners, uh, who joins us now. John, appreciate you being on with us this afternoon. How you doing? Doing great, John. Uh, from parts unknown, including, yes, Tulsa, Oklahoma. You know, <laughs> parts unknown. The nine one eight. It was a, it was a shot in the dark right. there, but uh, yeah, appreciate you being on with us. Uh, man, what a great win for Oklahoma! What what? Let's let's step back and look at this whole season. What an unbelievable mm -hmm. season for Patty Gasso and the Sooners this year. Yeah, when you when you put it in perspective, fifty five and four. Uh, I think they were thirty five and zero at one point. Uh, you know, got got lost a regular season game to Georgia. Uh, they take a midweek doubleheader to Georgia. They lose the first one to Mary Wilson Avance, who's an all-SEC pitcher. And that kind of reset them. It kind of refocused them. It's, it's not like they were playing bad, but losing that middle of their season, regular season game, allowed them to realize, okay, so we're not unbeatable. We're not invincible. Uh, they lost the opener to – well, they came back that night, later that night, and run-ruled Georgia just to let everybody know that was a fluke, right? They lose the opener to Oklahoma State, and they come back and sweep the next two and then beat OSU in the Big 12 tournament just to let everybody know that one was a fluke. <laughs> then they lose the opener to J James Madison. They come back and beat James Madison twice just to let everybody know that one wasn't a fluke. And then what do they do in the champ series? Lose the opener to yeah. Florida State and then come back and just kick the crap out of, out of Florida State, especially pitching-wise. You saw so many offensive numbers, so many home run records and scoring records, NCAA records fall for this team this year. It was a uh, it was a phenomenal season, and it was capped off by one of the best pitching performances they've ever had, which is really the unexpected part of this whole equation. Yeah, and I love Plank's call. He said they took the scenic route, and that that was very descriptive. Yeah. If you know, you know, like you said, those uh, first games of series that they dropped, including in the World Series. Uh, that that shocker at the time, uh, Oklahoma losing to JMU, but uh, but it helped them, and they they obviously found a way to overcome those losses and win the national championship. Yeah, a lot of uh, senior leadership on this team. There's three players, believe it or not. This team was together last year, with the exception of the three freshmen who joined this year. Well, this team is going to be together again next year with the exception of the three seniors who were seniors last year. So they got their super senior, their NCAA, you know, granted them a waiver to, to come back this year. So this team brings back everybody next year, but those three seniors. thing is, those three seniors were pretty special uh, <laughs> to hear Patty Gasso tell it. In terms of leadership, uh, they all contributed for sure a lot. Um, Giselle Juarez was the pitcher of record in the last two games. She pitched a couple of complete games against Florida State to, to beat them twice. Shannon Sale was kind of the – they had kind of at, at various times this year three pitching aces, and Shannon Sale was one of those. She's another senior. And then Nicole Mendez was actually the last player because those other two joined as transfers. She's the last player from the 2017 National Championship team, so she was willing this team to victory, you know, from an offensive perspective. Uh, great leader, great ability to, to express herself to her teammates, and, and they really followed her lead as well. So you got one player who's won two national championships for this team. They've won three of the last five, I guess, national titles. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, like you said, just a, an extremely special, special season. 
Obviously, the offensive numbers are mind-blowing. So many NCAA uh, records this year, home runs, runs scored, uh, you know, the home run uh, number by Jocelyn Allo. Uh, but do you think, I mean, you don't win at that level without, especially in softball, without really good pitching. Do you think G. Juarez and the other pitchers you mentioned, do you think they're getting enough credit for their contributions? Not at first. Uh, not at all. This The offense was carrying this team because, like I said, you had three pitchers. You know, when you see a national championship-type squad, um, a team that's capable of winning a national title, you usually see um, one pitcher who's 36-1 and one or, you know, 33-2 and two or something like that. Oklahoma's got one that's 22-1, and one, another one that's 17-1, and one, and another one that's 15-2. and two. So they've been rolling basically with three pitchers in various situations. Hey, who wants to pitch today? Hey, who's capable yeah. of pitching today? And they've all been good, but, you know, when, the, when they lost to Oklahoma State, when they kind of maybe when they lost to Georgia even, I think a lot of us around here said, well, this is a special team. They really can hit the ball. They've got the offense to, that can carry them. They're going to have to outscore people because their pitching is eh, kind of ordinary. When they lost to Oklahoma State, two of those pitchers gave up multiple home run innings, like two home runs in an inning, twice by both pitchers. And it was like, yeah, this pitching staff is not capable. It's not going to be capable of carrying this team to a national championship. They're going to have to outscore everybody. And then the championship series arrived, and Giselle Juarez did not pitch in the Super Regional against Washington. Uh, because the other two pitchers, came, they got the start. They had been pitching well. Shannon Sale uh, pitched the second game, and the freshman, Nicole May, pitched the first game. And, you know, they both pitched complete games. And it's like mm-hmm. Giselle Juarez had pitched in the regional, but it's like, okay, she wasn't really needed. She got a week off. She got to rest. And she's coming off that bicep surgery last year, and her rehab has been kind of tough, and she's not been able to get back to her elite self well. She finally got back to her elite self in game two of the championship series against Florida State and then came back the next day for basically the first time all season and pitched back-to-back starts and went the distance. It was phenomenal. It was, it was almost out of nowhere. You kind of have been waiting for that moment, but to, her, to see her do it twice back-to-back days, phenomenal. Wow, and came at the absolute best time for Oklahoma. John Hoover, our guest, uh, SI Sooners, uh, covering all things Crimson and Cream. John, can you talk a little bit about that performance of Jayla Coleman yesterday? Yeah, she's something, man. Um, You know, Texas kid, national Gatorade softball player of the year. Uh, when, When I said they had this team together last year, except for those three freshmen, one freshman pitched. Uh, and went 15-2 uh, and two on the season. You know, she was fant- fantastic on the mound. The other freshman was the National Freshman of the Year, hit 464 and set the NCAA freshman record with 92 RBIs, 27 home runs. That's T.R.A. Jennings. And Jada Coleman, all she does is spark this team. It's, it's just amazing how energetic she is, how enthusiastic she is. She gets out there and, you know, she'll she'll get a, a walk and she'll turn around and start clapping and jumping up and down and trying to extor- exhort her teammates to, you know, hey, let's let's do this, let's do this. Well, she's not just a cheerleader. She batted 440 for the season, had 50 RBIs, uh, hit eight home runs, including one in the in the World Series against uh, yesterday in the World Series against uh, Florida State. What a performance by someone who um, is, I think, moving forward. You know, she's just a freshman this year, right? Mm-hmm. She's going to be one of the leaders 
on this team because of not just her performance, but her, I don't know, attitude, her infectious kind of um, ability to to get people to rally behind her. She's an impressive, impressive young lady. As far as the game itself goes yesterday, I, I know personally I thought it was kind of a disservice to both Oklahoma and Florida State with having that game played in the afternoon. What was the overall consensus or reaction from Sooner Nation regarding that? Uh, I think OU fans, for the most part, especially ones that had tickets, you know, a lot of a lot of people travel for this thing. Uh, I tried to get a hotel on Thursday night, I think, and there was no chance. Every hotel in Oklahoma City was sold out. So there was some other stuff going on, I think, in the city, but most of it was softball. Um, so for the most part, I think fans had who had tickets to Wednesday night's game were a little put off that they had to go sit in the sun for two hours, three hours on in the middle of a work day on Thursday, and and they should be put off. That that was, you know, I think the NCAA ultimately did the right thing by postponing the uh, the semifinal game, the second semifinal games, and you know instead of making the student athletes play into two or two in the morning like they did with Oklahoma State the night before, but uh, on the whole. There was a lot of energy in that stadium. People were cheering. People were happy. You know, they, they weren't thrilled like myself about having to sit out in the sun for two hours. <laughs> like I said, on a work day. But um, ultimately, I think everybody obviously left uh, feeling pretty good about it. John, that stadium expansion, that just looks terrific. I haven't seen it in person, yeah. but just watching on TV to add that upper deck. Man, that is a great addition to that complex. It really is. Uh, the, the Oklahoma City and, and all the you know civic leaders there have just really, 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 really gotten behind this tournament. Um, there's there's talk of you know if, if certain laws in Oklahoma don't pass, which they didn't, then the NCAA is going to take its championships and, and go to states that have the laws that uh, that they prefer. Well, Oklahoma City's like, yeah, I don't think you're going to want to do that here in this particular case because. It's like college baseball in Omaha. It's like uh, college softball yeah. in Oklahoma City go together. And, and the stadium itself is just a real testament to the commitment that not just Oklahoma City and the civic leaders there, but, but the NCAA has given to the sport of softball. It's a, it's a testament, and it's a, uh, it should be held as a standard for how cha- the NCAA should stage its championships because no one, no one anywhere, anywhere is more enthusiastic about it. And, and I'll give you this, too. Yes, every time Oklahoma, or in this case, Oklahoma State, does go to Oklahoma City for the tournament, they do have an inherent advantage just because more of their fans can attend. But I think sometimes the NCAA or the maybe the umpiring crew tries to make up for that. I think they try to really tow it right down the middle of the line as close as possible to maybe even sometimes giving the other team a few calls just to, to illustrate we're not giving Oklahoma – a home field advantage. We're not influenced by this crowd, and we'll show you people. I, I get the feeling sometimes. I mean, I'm not sitting here complaining that you know they blew the call or whatever. They did blow some calls, but it just you just get the sense that the umpires are trying to overcompensate sometimes because they want everybody wants this thing to stay in Oklahoma City. Interesting. Uh, the push in the schedule, the championship series, uh, should have been over on Wednesday if it went the full three games. Lasted till Thursday. That affected some people's plans. Uh, it affected some wedding plans this week also, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, DJ Gasso uh, had his uh, – he's getting married today. 
the day two days after the series was scheduled to end, right? So, uh, Pat, right. Patty Gasso's youngest son, mm-hmm. and um, she had the mom had to miss her son's uh, rehearsal dinner, which was scheduled last night. So, yeah, uh, interesting stuff. Um, Patty was, had started her press conference post game, post championship press conference last night with her granddaughter on her lap. That only lasted a few minutes because she was fidgeting. But uh, yeah, on the whole, she's like, he he missed my game and and I missed his rehearsal dinner. But you know, we're going to be there for the wedding, so we're happy about that. Yeah, very good. I I know how that is uh, scheduling things like that. I know you know how it is. You think when <laughs> yeah. is the last possible date? You know, we could play. All right, we're safe to schedule it uh, on this date. And then look what happens. It gets pushed by a day. But at least it was just the rehearsal dinner and the yep. wedding uh, is safe for tonight. Yeah. That's right. Yep. I had to, is, uh, I had to push is... my vacation forward a day because the Big 12, for the first time <laughs> in its history, is having football media days on a Wednesday, Thursday in the middle of the month. I'm like, wait a minute. Where did this come from? <laughs> That's funny. That should not affect any vacations in the month of July, but uh, it no. does sometimes. Yeah. Hey, what about uh, what about Patty now? And and with the success she has had at Oklahoma, Mike Condrea is uh, retiring at Arizona. Heard a lot of talk this week and through the World Series that you know Patty Gasso uh, would she want to stay coaching long enough to maybe catch Condrea? You know, an all-time wins. Boy, she is uh, she is really really at the pinnacle of the sport right now, isn't she? She is. Um, she's she's one of those voices, you know, every time an issue comes up, whether it's playing at 2 in the morning or, or finding somebody to, to implement instant replay and, and re- video review at the World Series or in the NCAA tournament or at games that are televised or throughout the nation. She is becoming, very quickly, uh, the voice of college softball. And rightfully so. She's got five national championships now. I think that's third all-time. So, um, yeah, no, I, I don't know about... Uh, staying on to catch anybody. I don't think she's interested in the least in that kind of thing. I'll tell you, this is a little bit of inside insight for your show. When okay. Sherry Cole retired this year, you know, she had a little bit of a rough go of it uh, on the court, and some of her players had kind of, former players had kind of spoken poorly about her in, in, on social media and things like that. She she kind of the game kind of at some point the maybe the young people and she talked about it in her post retirement press conference sherry cole we're talking about here said something about you know the things have changed players have changed society has changed so i think it's a good time for me to get out that's not not quote that's not a direct quote but it's kind of that sentiment well we we asked patty about it hey you and sherry had been here for you know combined going on 40 something years 40 i don't know 45 years and she was like her response was very curious i thought she said something to the effect of yeah when i heard sherry was retiring i was like no you can't retire you're my best friend on the staff we're you know we're we're the golden girls we're going in together we're going out together and then she said i stopped and i said wait a minute i'm actually really happy for her that actually sounds really good you know Oh, and, man. And, and it made yeah, it made me think. Wait a minute, is Patty sitting here right, thinking about retirement? Right. So yeah, that, that's interesting. I'm, I'm not forecasting anything. I'm not breaking any news. Uh, I'm not making any predictions. I'm just saying that's something that we should maybe take stock of. The fact that Sherry Cole retired on her own terms, and um, they're very close. 
and she she kind of examined that whole big, big picture and said, that's not such a bad deal. She's getting to spend yeah, time with that? her grandkids now. Hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, just that. saying, you know. Interesting. All right, we've got that on tape. Uh, if and when something like that happens, uh, we're going to re-rack that and know that you uh, brought that up on with us. Hey, man, it's great Run to it visit back. with you. Uh, next time we see each other, we'll probably be in Arlington, uh, middle of July. But uh, have a good summer, and thanks for being on with us today, and do appreciate your time. Can't wait to see you, John. How many Big 12 How many uh, teams are going to win? How many Big 12 teams are going to add a national championship between now and football season? That's the question. Texas <laughs> and uh, track and field, maybe, I guess, is the track only one field. left. Yeah, we'll yep, that's a possibility. I think that's the only one still going. So uh, it's yep. been a good year, hasn't it? It's been a good year for the Big 12. Yeah, Bob Bowlesby's going to have a lot to talk about uh, on July 14th. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, be safe, and uh, I'll see you in July. Thanks for your time. Take care, John. All right, bud. You too. John Hoover 